Welcome to the World of Changing Podcast, where every week we speak about climate change. I'm Rakan Arkabawi. And I'm Dr. Richie Donahue. And let's go adventure with some climate change. Welcome. It's going to be a good that's, show. It's going to be a good, good show. That's good. It should be. It's what. It's an episode I think everybody will enjoy today. Number, Number three. three. All right. Third time's the charm, right? Yep. What do we got in the store? Uh, today, as I mentioned last week, we're going to be speaking about how climate change affects animals. Are we talking all animals? We're pets? talking whatever we lead to. I'm not going to lie. We might need to break this up into two over time, but for right now, we're just going to see where we take us. Okay. Okay. I like it. I like it. All right. All right, I think it's time for some weekly news before we jump into our main topic today. All right, what do we got? Today, we're going to speak about the fires happening in California. Yeah, okay. And considering you live there, not only is your expertise in this, in both ways, your doctorate uh, I, and your livable. I, I can say firsthand, as I look out to the side, there is a very solid I, it is it is constant. It is just a cloud of smoke. If you're used to, and I don't want to say used to, like if you've if you've ever seen fires before at a distance, like a big fire, how it changes the way the air looks, or the sunlight, I guess, right? It kind of has that red tint. Mm-hmm. It, it's that right now, and it's just like that. It's like a deep yellow tint. And for those of you who don't know, we're recording right now, and it's 6 p.m. So normally it would just be sunny and fine. I know in Washington, when I lived there, when they had the Canada fires, I lived in Bremerton at the time, and mm-hmm. you couldn't go outside for, like, we tried to go on a run, and it, no. Nope. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I I assisted with some of the campfire works, or campfire in the work recovery, and it was, it was at one point, actually for, I don't want to say it was a solid week, but it was close to it, if not. Uh, the part where we were at was actually the worst air in the world, and it was it was absolutely re- just wild. It was it was crazy to experience. So I, this is it, it reminds me of that, but it's nowhere near to that level, fortunately. So is it only gonna get worse? Because I mean, they even had a fire tornado. Yeah. Um. So there's there's a lot of problems as you look into the climate specifically of California, as I've been doing, and it, it's kind of a, an interesting problem because California as a whole, I mean, it's kind of very, because this is a very large state, right? Yes. But there, as a whole, as far as precipitation totals go for the year, it's going to be relatively close. I mean, South will have a little less, North will get a little more, and it'll fluctuate here and there. But, I mean, it's, it's not just going to be a drastic drop. The problem is it's just most of that precipitation is getting condensed so much more, and there's just essentially less snow melt. I mean, there's there's all kinds of other complications with it. So over time, I I don't want to be that person, but, I mean, yeah, it's, it, it's going to get worse, unfortunately. And is there any research into how we could or the people could stop it? Like, prevent it from being as many fires? Because, like, what's causing them? Is it mainly just kids throwing something in the woods? Is it... There's 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 all kinds of issues. It Most of the times it could just be a malfunction, could be human error. 
I mean, there's some even caused by driving. I mean, it's just, there's so many complications, not to mention lightning as well. So to say, like, we could just cut out one factor wouldn't really work. Uh, The idea of the blackouts when it's in high winds, just to prevent that is, I mean, it does make sense, right? Nobody's a fan of it, but it, it does make sense. There's, there's, there's complications with that. I don't think that's the solution, but I understand why they're saying that. As for the way to prevent it, though, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Long-term solutions, I, I don't... I mean, you, if you start building these massive reservoir systems, then you're making the issues worse down, you know, essentially downstream. And it's, man, it's... I don't know if this it, is your field, but what about people talked about uh, controlled burnings? So... <laughs> They control burns happen in in a lot of areas. It's not just people just forget about it. And you know, there's three feet of you know pine cones built up. That's not really the case. And and like I said, some places do it, some places don't. I mean, like, I don't know the entire policy for the state and what it is here. I I I don't know that exact policy. Um, I just know I've been I've worked in other places that have had fires as well, and they do control burns as well. So it, it, I mean, it's a drought. It's hot. It's windy. It, it doesn't take much at all to start something like that, okay. and to spread it. That's always good news. That's what we like here at the weekly news. Yep. And that about wraps up the weekly news of the week on a very positive note. <clears throat> Time for the meat and potatoes today. Animals. Okay. So, I think we should start and we should start with the pets first. So I think okay. most people can relate to that. And if we have okay. time or we need to put to other episodes, then we can get to the other wildlife. But first, I think okay. we should talk with pets. How's that sound? Good. Sounds great. Uh, Sounds great. What are you? What are we feeling first? First, let's just talk about the overall picture with them because I know a lot of people want to talk. So like. Dogs go outside, you know, they walk, they touch gravel, and they burn their paws and stuff like that. Okay. So I guess we could talk about, like, how climate's going to affect the temperatures with that, with walking pets, and is it going to sure. maintain safe and all that stuff? That's actually, actually, there's actually a lot of things we could dive into that on. I, that's surprising. I like that. Thank you. So the first the first few things we got to think about is our surface temperature, right? Mm-hmm. And... It's usually relatively close whenever it's your height versus, you know, your dog's height. But you're 100% right whenever you're referring to the ground, right? And the way basically all this energy is being absorbed and reflected. Mm-hmm. And it is true that the temperatures will slowly be going up according to the models as they have been historically, right? I think the bigger issue with this starts to tie into that heat index, I can tell you firsthand because I was actually looking ahead, as I mentioned earlier, with California. If you go out at, you know, 20, we'll say 2050 to 2100, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Hopefully we'll be there. But for certain, if we have kids, your kids, right? And for certain, his his children, they'll be able to experience this. California alone, there's some areas where, oh, actually, actually, it's almost all the whole state is pretty close, where it's going to go up 10 degrees, and that's 10 degrees Celsius. That that's is hot. <laughs> that is a noticeable difference. 
and just to think about that, we just hit 130 this week, right? Which broke the world record. Oh. So That's... if you had 10 to that, now world record by 10 more degrees. And that is wild to think about. Yeah. Right? It's just it, so your idea, yeah, when the pets are out of bed, you are 100% correct. Uh, the concrete will be hotter. The asphalt will be hotter. Yes. And it'll be the same as, you know, if you were walking on your bare feet. So that, yeah, that is something definitely to consider. Like if you have that natural walkways or the shaded, I've seen like some sort of a turf type material mm-hmm. where uh, it, it, it kind of cools, but it kind of doesn't like it. It just doesn't make it as hot because it doesn't absorb much. It kind of breeze. Yeah. So. Cause that's what I was wondering. Cause I always try to, uh, when I walk my dog, you know, I tend to try to feel the ground first, like the gravel. Oh, okay. Yeah, that that's a good idea. Yeah. See how hot. You know, you want to touch it with your bare hands. Obviously, I think we're supposed to do it with the back of your hand, if I'm not mistaken. And, oh. Um, okay. But yeah, and I was just wondering how much, how much longer until that becomes like an actual problem with walking I, dogs. You know, I I'll be honest with you. I don't know essentially like the thermal tolerance on a, a you know, a canine's foot. I don't. It's not good. It's like. I yeah. I'm assuming it's you know. I'm assuming it's not some sort of crazy desert-like creature. Yeah. Uh, that being said, I mean, to me, if it's uncomfortable for me I, as a, you know, a person who's had several pets in my life, I wouldn't feel comfortable putting them on it, if that makes sense. Yeah. So that that's always been the kind of rule of thumb I've lived by. Yeah, it's a good rule. Like, I just try to keep them in the grass as much as possible. Oh, or yeah. Or try to I, do I them much rather, yeah. Oh, also true. Yeah, like, I'd, I'd much rather walk on the grass as well. Uh, so. so another thing, considering that, is a lot of people have outdoor cats, not okay. just outdoor dogs. So with the climate changing the way it is, what I'm trying to see is a good question here would be, other than how will it impact them? Does that make sense? Okay. So if you have an outdoor, we'll say cat, Yeah. Um, there, there are a few things to consider here. And I wouldn't be... S- Similar, going back to the the reference of walking your dog, same principles apply with the cat. Okay. If it's you know if your ground's all asphalt, it's going to be crazy hot. You know if it's natural, it'll be better. But one of the things I would think about is how seasons are going to change, and I would think about what's associated with those seasons. And again, depending on where you live, for an example, my aunt just texted me uh, yesterday, actually. And they had a water moccasin beside their pool, and it was just under seven feet long. And there's just, there's just, when you think about that, it's the seasons are changing. You know, they're trying to get food. They're trying to. There's, there's a lot of other factors that that come and go. Like animals migrate. So if I had outdoor animals, I, I, I mean, if you're in the countryside, like where I grew up, yeah, snakes, all kinds of critters. I mean, there's all kinds of different things that come and go with seasons and you usually need the winter times to help get rid of like ticks mosquitoes insect related pests and those will be a lot stronger coming up in you know in time to come uh you can look at fire ant migration there's a prime example they've slowly been progressing northern Hmm. Um, yeah did not know that either yeah so i think that's pretty much for outdoor related okay Indoor, I don't see, it won't affect climate change other than obviously the obvious that it affects humans as well. There's not really anything about indoor animals that climate's going to affect, is there? Well, to say it'll affect us more than them, I think all in all, you're right. I mean, 
if they're living in the same environment as us, it will be relatively similar because we've kind of just grown and adapted that way as, as time's allowed. I would say, though, in a lot of the more industrialized areas, should the energy not go greener in some form or fashion, then, yeah, it'll, you know, it shortens the life expectancy of pets, electronic waste. There's there's all kinds of different little factors. I understand it's not really climate change related, but those do create microclimates and create all kinds of issues within them. Okay. Funny story. But yeah. Just to lighten up the mood real quick, funny story. Ooh. About before we switch on from pets. So. Okay. This doesn't have nothing to do with climate change, at least to my knowledge. Oh, I'm excited. I can breathe. So I was sitting there watching something on TV or whatever, and my cat, the white one you might have seen in the instagram or facebook oh famous cat yeah famous cat liked to jump on my couch and literally took a shit right in front of me didn't hesitate (laughs) literally jumped looked at me and took a shit i'm like okay what the hell and what i'm guessing is another one of our cats recently had surgery to remove off his teeth because he had really bad gingivitis pressure kits or animals teeth okay okay and uh, i don't think she was happy with the food we were giving and uh, she might have been doing that. I don't know what her reasoning is, but she literally uh, just took a shit right in front of me. I'm, I'm, I'm like, going to have to edit out the laughter so much. I don't understand it. Literally just a fat shit right there. I'm just looking at her and she just looks at me and just starts going. Her, I went down the stairs. Litter box was fine. Everything was fine. And yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God. Okay. All right. What's our uh, what's our next topic? <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, good times. That's awesome. That is awesome. It, so it was levels. something. That is awesome. So moving away from households, let's talk about the wildlife. Rest of the world. Yes. Okay. Yes. Because you know we always hear about endangered animals and how climate change is affecting all of them. I don't know. I know you've done your dissertation on something like this. What was your? What was that yes. on? I guess we could talk about that first. Like, you can tell people about. I that. focused specifically on climate change and through the way it is addressed by climate change policy and the way that we found best to approach that was actually through the Endangered Species Act. So I followed an endangered species, which is the leopard darter, and that is located in southwest Arkansas. And it's basically a little minnow fish, you know, roughly about the size of a human finger. And that was the specific fish and how we approach climate change is actually through the protection of this endangered species. Hmm. So how is it, are we looking at a, like, obviously we're seeing declines in the Arctic, which is affecting like polar bears and stuff like that. Do we know, Correct. do we know, like, is there a point of no return for these animals too? Do you know anything about that? So... You might have heard that we're in basically the start of a mass extinction event. Did not. Um, and if you uh, you haven't heard that? Uh, not to okay. knowledge. Okay, fair enough. There has been six or seven. Oh, gosh. Uh, watch me be wrong. Watch it be eight. I'll be a fool. Anyhow, mass extinctions on our planet. They came from various uh, various different reasons, most of them being cosmic cosmic solar you know basically asteroid collides with this or something like that mm-hmm. and there's been different ones volcanoes here nor there well they're saying right now that we are basically in the start of one of these because the 
the creatures and the rate they are going extinct at is at such a rate that is similar to a mass extinction event. Because they're going extinct so fast. And most of the times, we don't even have time to identify them. We just know that they're gone. Like, we'll find essentially like a fossil of them or their remains or, you know, we'll know something was there that did this, 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 so that's no longer there. Huh. So... I'm not sure if that answered your question. I it does. Apologize on it that. Does. Okay. Um, basically, it's we're in for losing a lot of animals. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes, you... yes. And I'll also I'll, I want to step in there as well. Um, it'll also vary on what we think of like as an animal because a lot of those extinction, as I mentioned earlier, are going to be insects or creatures of the sea, stuff that we don't commonly associate with because we don't see on an everyday basis. Okay, so we're not talking about about like polar bears and leopards and all that kind of thing. So, if I recall, I made this stat wrong by a, by, by a I think it's point zero two percent You know, I'll be generous and I'll say point two. I will be extremely generous. Whenever a creature is put on an the endangered species list, mm-hmm. the odds of it getting off successfully is basically 0. 0.0 or 0.2%. Whenever they're put on that list, it's basically they just ride on that list or they go extinct. And then they get in, put in conservation. <laughs> no more lists. Yeah. No, they're in. When you're endangered like that, a lot of times you are conservation type efforts. Oh, okay. I didn't know because mainly. When people think climate change, like I said, mentioned earlier, they're talking, they're thinking like the polar bears and that kind of like the bigger animals here. And as much okay. as, you know, it's scary to think that the little animals are dying, let's be honest, not a lot of people care, sadly enough, about them. <laughs> I understand what you're saying. So, what I'm trying to get at is like, do you foresee, like, how do I word this? Obviously, the heating up of everything, like, not just, not Uh not talking about just, like, the Arctic and the South Pole and stuff like that, but we're talking about, like, with Africa, is it going to get too hot for those animals to be able to live? Because they don't have air So, okay, okay. I I understand what you're saying. So, migration is a major point in all species, and the way that it's going to come into play is basically there's going to be less habitats, right? Less space. And just as you mentioned earlier, and basically the heat will basically migrate, if that makes sense, from the equator, right? It's, it's going to get hot, mm-hmm. okay? And what that does is just a little, little things. Like, it might not affect you or me on a, you know, big scale, but that affects algae growth, right? That would affect plankton, you know, essentially massive swarms of plankton. Um, that's going to affect you know, where grass grows. That's going to affect what type of crops, which trees can grow within certain ranges of the, you know, the, the climate. It's also going to affect how soil, as we addressed last week with the question, that's also going to tie into soil issues. So like these little, little changes, it, it, it does cause animals to move with it. And when that happens, that puts other creatures either having to defend their home or have to move into another area and essentially just you know, it just spreads that pain out and eventually just, it will create, that's what's leading to, I guess, the creation of the problems, a lot of the problems for sure. Okay. So the like animals that are migrating might affect it. Is it the ecosystems of the places they're moving to? And that'll cause more 
endangered species and more stuff yes. like that. That's basically what we're getting to. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's what. Yeah, the, uh, yeah, that is a good way to work. So, do you foresee like, like when we say migration, do you foresee like lions and stuff like in Africa and stuff? Are they going to migrate north essentially? Like, is that what we're <laughs> so talking about? We need, like, I think we need, also need to take a step back. And whenever you say, when I think, and when you think, we probably think on different time scales. You and I probably okay. So if I asked you. You know, a very similar question, like, um, when do you think, we'll say, Greenland melts, right? Or when do you think it'll be too hot for us, mm-hmm. right? What would your answer be to something like that? When do you think it'll be too hot for the lines in the desert? Like 50 right? years. So is that is that a far time or is that a near time to you? To me, it's my lifetime, so it's pretty near. Okay, okay. That's that's why I was going to. So you think that's, 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 you think that's a near event, like it's going to happen relatively soon, okay? So I look at time in a climate sense. So 50 years to me is just, I, I don't even, like a human lifetime to me is, I think of more like centuries, right? If that makes sense, or yeah. millennia. That, that's, that's when I look ahead. So if you ask me, you know, what do you, will it be, you know, too, too hot for them right soon? So I would say soon, you know, to me, soon's different. But I think within our lifetimes, if you want to look at it that way, I could easily see it causing issues with all kinds of creatures in those the savanna type areas. As for where they would go, I would assume they would have to go south because you can't really go much more north. True, I guess there's a big water in the way there. And not to mention the Sahara. Yeah, I keep forgetting. I mean, so like, pretty you're bad. just limited. Yeah. yeah, you're just limited, right? And I may have rambled on a little too long there explaining it but like it's just it's just one of those things it's just hard to like time is that it's a tricky subject so that's why i, I like to put numbers on it okay well when i think yeah. soon i think my lifetime for future reference if okay. we try to yeah. um on a climate sense that's not bad yeah it's not bad at all okay <laughs> so i tried yeah um because a lot of people think you know 50 years is a long ways away and i'm like guys that's that's nothing you well, know. to people, it's a long time. Maybe not the world. But that's a whole different subject. So do we... Out of curiosity, I don't know if you know this, if it's something related, but just to dive in there, do you think climate change or poaching has more effect on the wildlife right now? Just, I don't know if you know... I would say, unless it is an extremely rare, like, exotic creature, I'm, I'm talking like, you know, like, the gorillas or the rhinos, mm-hmm. I would say 99.99999% it's going to be climate change and environmental related issues. That's what I figure, but you know, you never know. Those questions. Poaching is a big Yeah, you're thing. right. The exotic creatures, yes. I mean, they have to be protected, unfortunately. And that's, that and it's, is a major problem on its, on itself. But no, nah, I, I will definitely tell you. I mean, just case in point, there's far more climate related incidents than there are poachers. Yeah. Even if we look at the bad numbers, and there are some bad numbers, it's still... So out of curiosity, yeah. too, let's move down to sea life, as we were talking about earlier. With the water rising over time, is that going to create... Isn't that going to be good? I mean, on the bright side of all this, is it going to be good for the wildlife <laughs> so, in the ocean? Or is that still going to cause so, it to heat up too much? There, there, there are lots of problems. Lots of problems. Um... First of all, we're adding a lot of fresh water into the salt water, 
that's going to create all kinds of little issues there, here, and there. I mean, nothing major. There's a lot of salt in the water. If you've never bothered to look into that, it will absolutely blow your mind away. <laughs> Do you have an idea of how much salt there is? No. If my memory is correct, um, I think there's a weird stat. Basically, if you like, poured it on top of the continents, right? Mm-hmm. It would be over 500 feet thick across the continents. That's how much salt's in the ocean. That's a lot of salt. Yeah, I mean, you got to remember these things go really deep. Also, how much is built true, up on the bottom, true, true. right? And then, like, how much is tied into it. So, like, I, I think there's a lot of things in there that you get to that number. You know, that's a wild thing about. So, there's, a, there's some issues there. But a big one is going to be how the, how it warms up, how that affects basically coral reef systems. Mm-hmm. How that, that that in itself is another habitat that's going to create basically all that has to move. But the problem is coral can't move fast enough. It dies. Well, that everything dies with that, right? Which means whatever used to migrate there can't migrate there anymore, right? It's just, I mean, there is, it is not good in the ocean. Plus, the ocean is absorbing right now 40% of the CO2 out there. Like we're changing salinity, or yeah, excuse me, pH levels. Oh, that's right. Anyhow, but we're changing our pH levels in the in the ocean right now, and, and mind you, it's on a small scale. But if we do this for you know hundreds of years, this is this is not a healthy thing. And I, I like obviously not for people or anything, but I was just <laughs> trying to see if it would if any silver lining like or wells gonna be more like is the ocean life gonna thrive more other than coral reefs? Like you said, it would probably be destroyed. But like would like those I, I, I'm really, I'm really struggling right now to think of a creature out there that would just absolutely thrive off of it, because the problem is they've already had their established, you know, area, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And even if you took like a massive whale or you know a, a massive shark or some you know creature that basically doesn't get pestered with, right? It still has to move for its food source, which, I mean, there's. And then you got all the microplastics in there as well, which, I mean, I guess that technically sure. is a climate change, but, like, oh. Yeah, the... No, I, I, I am not trying to sound negative. I know this, I know we always have bad news. That should be the show. Uh-huh. <laughs> bad news bears. Yeah, this just constantly. Like, were you feeling good about yourself in 2020? Well, let's fix that. Hi. <laughs> uh, but here nor there, you're right. It, it is bad. Um, I'll end it there. What's in... What do you got next? Oh, fair enough. I guess next, I'm trying to think for the let's talk about the rainforest next. That's a whole different. Avatar. Oh, good. That one's gonna make it even better. Yay for lightening yeah. the mood. So right. the rainforest. A lot of. Um, I think we've talked about this before on here. If we haven't, then we're going to it now. A lot of people think we like all of our O2 and all that stuff. If, is affected by the rainforest, which you said it was mainly the ocean, not the rainforest. Yeah. Like it's more, but at the same time, with the rainforest catching. Okay, 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 okay. I'm gonna stop. Stop. I'm gonna cut you off okay. right here. So deforestation is leading to a major problem in the rainforest, mm-hmm. right? So are the fires. That's true, and it is true that the rainforest produces a ton of oxygen. That is true, but the rainforest also absorbs a ton of oxygen, right? That needs to be remembered. Right, and it it almost comes out to equal. I think it's like four percent or something like that's the difference, right? It, but the bad the the bad news isn't so much all of that, which is bad in itself. It's just 
those were huge carbon sinks. And now you're basically just exposing it, right? Just the soil. So the soil is going to get, as we mentioned earlier, soil get destroyed, right? Which leads to another issue there. But that's also, I mean, all those carbon sinks, all those trees that are absorbing all of that pollution is gone now. And that's the bigger problem, in my opinion, than the oxygen. And then is that going to, do you can see, like, do you foresee the rainforest and all that, like, how long in your mind will it take to actually affect, because the ecosystems in there are already being destroyed, obviously. Do you know roughly if this trend continues, how much until that is completely irreversible? I don't. You see what I'm saying? I. No, 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 yeah. There was a lot of things I've read over years where one of them was, was basically said, if you split the rainforest, it'll never survive, right? Mm-hmm. And they built that huge road through Brazil. You can actually see it from, from space. Well, I mean, if you use Google, you know, anyhow. And the rainforest is still alive, right? Mm-hmm. And there's been other points where, like, if you burn this much, it won't, it won't, right? But the problem is now that rate of regrowth that we used to see is slowed down. And you're right. I don't know where the tipping point is. I'm not I'm not a a tropical botanist. I not will humbly pass that answer off. <laughs> but I can say that I do not recall reading a single paper, a single any form of peer reviewed article where it said the rainforest is doing great. We don't have to worry. Right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. So just wondering, how much does ecosystems affect the climate change in general? Like, if an ecosystem collapses, does that affect climate change as much? Yeah. Oh, okay. Or... So, yes, no. How did it collapse, right? Was it burned? That, that's kind of a big one. Was it, you know, flooded? Not as much, right? So th- there's, there's, there's issues with that. There, the other one that's going to be is, again, what it was before. Was it a forest or was it a plains? And now the plains has just become basically a savanna, if that makes sense, yeah. right? So that, that level of change makes a difference. And also, how big was that area? If we're talking a very small, like a couple acres, probably not going to make that big of a difference. But if we're talking, you know, essentially the state of Georgia just became a desert, that's going to be a, you know, a bigger issue. Mm-hmm. And it'll also affect a lot of the albedo of the Earth, which I come back to again because the sun bouncing the energy. It's you know there's more that's absorbed and radiated back right this way now versus just bouncing. So yes, it does. And again, like we mentioned earlier, the problem is with climate change. You can't really just say there's that one thing that affects it, right? Because there's so many things that affect it, and it's hard to find something that I can say doesn't affect it. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. I just didn't know okay. what the overall it, thing. Will this affect it on a massive scale, like like a small thing here and there? No, 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 it won't. But if the rainforest was destroyed, yes, that would make a difference. <laughs> okay, that's good. Quote me on that one. <laughs> All right, so I think we should finish up this topic on the one that I think a lot of people know affects climate change quite a bit, and that's farm animals and how, especially okay. cows Methane. and all that stuff. Correct. So I guess if you want to, for those who don't know, if you want to elaborate on that. So there, there's actually a few different things with agriculture you need to think about. Uh, animals do are some of it. That is correct. The, the methane production, basically when cows regurgitate, um, basically burp up their food. Uh, there, there are new feeding techniques they're trying. There's also different stomach techniques they're doing that can help remove it. There's all kinds of new technology that they're doing to address this. That is true, and it, it is working. 
Will that go mainstream and become a normalized, essentially locked in standard? Who knows? Time can only tell with that one. But there are there are strides in that direction. One of the other things, though, going back to climate again, is how much water consumption a lot of these animals use. And it is massive. Massive. If you if you ever look at like how much water goes into a hamburger, it, I'm not going to spoil it. I'm not going to spoil it out there. You just look it up. It'll, it'll, it'll catch you off guard. Another one to think about, though, is just agriculture in general. Um, for example, rice production, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in Arkansas, they pump a ton, I mean, a lot of water out of the ground, groundwater. Like, it is it is massive. They are in the top three, I think, for the last 15 years now, as far as states. Well, I'll, I'll cut it down. 10 years. 10 years, top five, top three in water pumping. And the reason is in Arkansas, you don't even have to report it until you've pumped 50,000 gallons a day. Unless that part's been changed, that's what I was told by uh, aquaculture farmers. You know, so you know, rice, you'll flood the fields, you'll drain it, right? And there's also soybeans. There's there's a lot of issues there that create more problems as well. And climate change again because of the flooding, the water. There's, uh, uh. so does insecticides and stuff like that? Will that affect? Does that affect climate much or no? Not there's there's a few chemicals that can linger in the air in theory, but in practicality, like those trying, aren't like being how used, much to my knowledge. So when people, think, I would, I wouldn't, I, wouldn't I don't know. Say when so. I think organic, I think you know, safe for environment, safe for that. Is organic that much different when it comes to climate change and climate? There is actually no real standard on any of those things where they say, you know, organic or farm certified. Or mm-hmm. Each one of those different metrics have their own grading scales, and there's hundreds of them out there. So I I personally don't put much stock into those, as depressing as that sounds. If it's something I'm curious about, I'll look it up individually for each company, and that's usually what I do. I don't just grab a label and go, oh, neat, because I've seen a lot of times yeah, where you'll, you'll think it'll be like, for example, cage-free. Yeah, cause that's what I was trying to get at next. Because, you know, a lot of these people, going back to animals, a lot of them say stuff like grass-fed or, you know, cage-free. Mm-hmm. I mean, other than the meat and all that stuff, does yeah. those don't really make, because, you know, if the cows are still producing. Your cows are going to be your big ones for sure. Uh, don't get me wrong. Every section sector has their own problems with that. And I'm sure there's a way to you know, change it, but definitely methane is the major culprit. Chickens and all those, those don't really affect much. If you have to downgrade to chicken, then that's, I mean, do what you have to do. I mean, like chickens don't affect, like you said, the cows are mainly the methanol. Climate change near as much as cows know. If all those massive chicken farms and all that stuff do anything. Okay. I mean, they're not great, don't get me wrong, but far better than cows. Okay, so we've touched on pretty much, I think, everything animal. Do you think of anything that we missed? All I right. think we're good. I'm sure there's a lot of questions out there, and if you have questions about things we missed, let us know. All right, now it's time for our grab bag question of the week. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. What do we got? Yeah. So this one. Hey, hold up. Hold yes. up. I just want to ask you right now. If you ever hear anybody say, 
Hey, did you hear about the rainforest? Do you ever think good or bad? I think it's mostly going to be bad these days. Right? So when you hear, hey, did you hear about climate change? Bad. So when you hear when somebody say, hey, did you hear about climate change in the rainforest? Like, it is terrible. Pretty much. They're not, yeah, those okay. things aren't that's, associated that's with good I, news these days. Also true, but continue. I apologize <laughs> no for worries. that. Um, so this question comes from J8841. Where is that at? Okay, all right. That's his username. All right, fair enough. Um, he asked, how do we explain climate change to our kids? Like, the bad kind of way. Like, basically, how do we, I guess he's trying to get at, where do we, how do we ask, like, explain the bad stuff to about climate change and how to educate them on it? Okay, okay. I, I, I don't think it's so much climate change. I, I agree. I think that that could be a very hard topic to dive into. Uh, I've assisted with a few programs before at various libraries, um, also with the Weather Channel. And we, there's a lot of different ways you can approach it. But I think that the thing to establish with kids as you can is to help them get that sense of time. Mm-hmm. Right, because it's so hard for even us to imagine 50 years or 30 years from now. So when you're talking to a child and say, "Hey, you know, imagine 30 years from now," I think you just need to just tell them that you know the the world does change, and what we're doing does change the world. Mm-hmm. Right? I would build upon that and then slowly introduce it. Um, I I don't think you can dive into the the thermal properties and you know all these different dynamical issues. Yeah. No, no, hundred percent. I think no. a good thing too. But oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was I was just gonna say like yeah, just build that base foundation of science, and then whenever you start to have those questions get asked, or you can ask the questions as well, right? That that helps establish that train of thought, and it can be built upon. And I think that would be the way I would approach yeah, it. I think another thing, not coming from you know, I don't have a doctorate in this, but coming from a father perspective, I think a good thing too would be probably promoting the good things that you could do to prevent climate change like the small oh, things route, yeah. just like say we recycle because of this and you know they don't need to know to a kid if you tell them that something even though it's as we mentioned in previous episodes recycling stuff doesn't do a huge thing with climate change the kid doesn't know that and to me i think and it does make a difference it does but it does but agreed it's not yeah and i think to a kid if you explain to him how to do the things like nice, like certain preventive steps for climate change or a way to help climate change. I think that's a, also another way to introduce them to it. Like if they ask, like start recycling, they ask why, then you can talk to about why, or if you start, uh-huh. why do we do such and such? There was a uh, project a colleague of mine did and when he was doing his doctorate. And he works with um, elementary children and energy conservation. And what they did was an exercise where they basically gave all these kids, and it was all approved by their parents. All the parents knew ahead of time. They gave these kids basically like these little red stickers about the size of a quarter, right? And they're not permanent stickers. I mean, they're, you know, the cheap kind that just flake off, Mm -hmm. right? And they told the kids, every time you go into a room and you see something using power, when there's nobody in there, put a sticker on it. Mm -hmm. On the device, not the out. (laughs) And, 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 you know, let's clarify that. They said the kids, like, you know, you'd write reports like how many you had. And they noticed as the, well, not semester because they did weeks there, but as I guess we'll say the semester went on, that number dropped drastically, drastically. Because when kids started doing it, the parents started doing it as well. Mm -hmm. 
they went back and checked on that school again, and it was actually that way still. So it actually built the habits into it. And I think that'd be also a great way to approach yeah, it. Yeah, like little projects and stuff like that to get them engaged. Yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. All right, good question. Good question. Um, that's the only one we have for today. Again, if you guys have questions, Woo! email us. Uh, hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Once One day I'll get that going. I promise you I will. I just Twitter, like you said, it's just one of those things that are very depressing to dive into. But sounds like it's your alley. <laughs> All right, and so let's see if we can end this on a positive note with the good news section. This is all this you. Is all me. So when I was looking across for good news, obviously there wasn't much this week, sadly. But I did find something interesting. I don't know if it's necessarily good news, but to me it's more uplifting news. And it ties into what we were talking about earlier. Um, So it's mentioning how, an article is mentioning how uh, volcanic material from an eruption, I think think they said 2019, is now traveling across the ocean and could help revive the Great Barrier Reef and how it's going to hope it might save that because of it. I don't know if you've heard anything about that. I've heard various techniques as well that are being used to try to do these kind of projects. And I'm not a coral reef expert. Uh, I hope they work. I 100% hope they work. And I agree we need to try something. But I just, I'll be honest with you, I haven't read that. So I don't want to say anything yes or no on it. Basically, it just says that the, I guess, the rocks, minerals, what, like, yeah, it's a restoration yeah. of the nutrients and the minerals in there. In theory, it can work. I just I think there's a lot of issues that can happen, so that's why I don't want to get excited about it. Because in a controlled setting, I could see it, but in the ocean, it's a little different. Uh, that's why I'm not wanting to just you know dive and just you know shout out. I I I, I do agree that's good news if it happens. So 100. Yeah, just it's the only thing that's good news worthy that i've looked at I, um i i uh i have a side note that's good good okay. news it's not climate change related that's right. at all good though. news is good news okay yeah uh, the new tony hawk demo is really good Ooh, they have the new tony hawk yeah tony hawk they're, they're remaking pro skater one and two i just thought i'd let you know that i think i played those those were the playstation right like the original playstation yes ones? yes good yes. times good times Oh, great time. And now I know they're coming out with the Xbox One or Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5s. And, you know, it's a very... That could be a whole other climate change issue. Yep. And it can help you distract from the fact that it's a climate change issue. That's all. All right. That's about all the good news, I guess, this week. Hopefully next week they bring some more. I would like to say, going back into the news real quick, if you haven't seen the series uh, Perry Mason, really good. Perry Mason? Yeah, Perry Mason is HBO. Really good. What's it about? It's, I just, it's a detective. It's it's set in, I don't even know a decade. Of the, oh, wait, yeah, the 30s? Yeah, the 30s. Really good. Top-notch acting. Story's great. It, it is adult. Heads up. Uh, but it's really, really good. Me and my wife right now are watching Doom Patrol. I'm sorry. I like it. It's completely random and off the wall, and I love it. Okay. So I guess it's not for everyone, okay? I think that gives the audience our taste differences. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, that's about 
it for this episode. What do we got next week? Next week, I think we're going to shift gears a little bit. Not necessarily become Mythbusters necessarily, because I don't think that's the right word, but we're going to talk about how movies get climate change wrong and what gets right. Basically, Hollywood is our next theme. Okay. I think with everything happening right now, a lot of people have time to watch movies and stuff. And I, th- I see your point. I see your point. So I think, you know, before people watch, you know, the day after tomorrow and they think that's what's going to happen, I think it's a good idea to touch on it. Well, before we head out, I just want to say thanks again to Tobias Void for the music. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you could. That's all I got. I'm out. All right. You're not going to sign off? All right. So that is it for this episode. Uh, again, if, if you want to tune in to... <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, well, I am. Makes it really hard to do this sign off. <laughs> All right, so uh, be sure to give us a follow on Facebook and on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, make sure when you check us out on Instagram to hit the like button and to also, we're available on a lot of platforms. <laughs> And that's our show for the day. Hope you enjoyed it and tune in next week. I'm out.